When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Set back by Madison for Sol! Spurs silence the place! And Madison can drive... Hi guys, welcome back to the Spurred On podcast. Today's interviewee is, I think, national treasure kind of territory of football hosting. He is the host of the regular Guardian Football Weekly. How can, how can it not be regular? It's weekly. Uh, it is, and ex-host, of course, Soccer a- of Soccer AM. It's Max Russian. How are you doing, Max? Mm, yeah, I'm good. I think national treasure is, let's face it, it's pushing it. And uh, <laughs> it also sort of signifies incredibly old. You know, if it was, if it were true... I think you can't really be a national treasure till you hit what sixty, and and I think to be national treasure you have to be sort of universally loved, and that is definitely not true. So I I, I think you're doing I, you're doing yourself yeah, a disservice. I appreciate the praise, but I I I reject it at this stage of my at this stage of my career. You never know if I keep if I keep working hard on, in training, maybe I can get to that level. But it's that's it's not yet. It's not yet. But most importantly, I'd say a Spurs fan, although Spurs aren't your first team, Cambridge are your first team, but more importantly for this podcast, very much a Spurs fan. Yeah. And like I get I get yelled at a lot, you know, you plastic idiot for having two football teams. And I am a Cambridge fan. That is the that is the you know, that is the team that I went to watch week in, week out. Mm-hmm. My dad is a big Spurs fan. Right. And, but he took me to Cambridge because that's where we happen to be. And so, you know, my love of Spurs is very much related to the love of my dad and the fact that he'll ring me after every Spurs game and tell me how good Jimmy Greaves was. Sort of just that's it. It'll always get down to Jimmy Greaves, uh, which is which is and he let's face it, he was quite good at football. Um, But like, I, I really think you can have both. If Cambridge ever played Spurs, I'd want Cambridge to win. But they are sort of mutually exclusive. It's like air and chips, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. you you need one, you like the other one, but you can do both, right? It's very rare that you have so many chips in your mouth you can't breathe. So that's, it's not an analogy I've thought through, 
that clearly, <laughs> but I think it works. I was going to say, not an analogy we've ever had on the Spurred On podcast. podcast. Uh, Max, I think you have quite a unique uh, viewpoint on Spurs at the moment because you are living and working in Australia and obviously the big Ange effect is huge. We're going to get onto that, but I want to start just by talking about Terry Venables very quickly. Obviously a huge week for Spurs. Uh, he was certainly the manager that I grew up in uh, with uh, winning the trophy, the FA Cup in 1991 and kind of my foot, formative football years were kind of started in, in 1987, 88, all through that period when he was the manager. How did you feel when you heard that he'd passed away? And what is his legacy as a Spurs manager, do you think? Um, well, I mean, I was I was on TalkSport and we heard a rumour about an hour before we went on air that uh, that he'd passed away. Um, and I've I've been in this situation a lot actually and it's sort of quite tricky because you have to you you have to sort of come up with two shows right because you don't know when the news is going to officially be broken it's a right. terrible phrase but i guess that's what it is and so you sort of um you you need to line people up who can come on the show to talk about him because your job is to do someone justice right in that situation it's the same when when jack charlton passed away and and jimmy greaves actually um Mm -hmm. you know it's an occupational hazard they're not shows you like to do but they're shows you want to do really well and and actually the hardest part is for the you know the the producers you know behind the glass who have to on occasion you know ring up former players that he's managed or just people's mates and say did you know this has happened would you come on and talk about it and I, I think that's a sort of it's a really delicate thing that you have to do and so I think from from and, and so my memories of Terry Venables are all about Euro 96, really. I mean, I, right. I was 10 or 11 in 91, but I wasn't really thinking about, you know, who was the Spurs manager. I was like, oh, Gazza's been injured. Oh, no. Oh, we've won. <laughs> okay, this is great. Um, but but actually talking to people on the show who knew him much better, had Gary Mabber on, who was, you know, spoke brilliantly about Terry Venables and about, you know, like he's just, you know, those phrases that people use a lot when people pass away, like, larger than life right it's not it's 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 a bit of a cliche but it was so true with with venables and saying you know he used to he'd take them to his nightclub even after a defeat i mean can you imagine now like it's just it's yeah. just amazingly different time and and what you hear about from you know people in spain and and you know and, and the, the fact that tactically he was just ahead of his time you know Listen, as a Cambridge fan, I grew up with four four two hit the channels. <laughs> I don't hate that football, you know, big man, little man up front. I I even like big man, big man up front. But the fact, and the fact that anyone can go from QPR manager to Barcelona is mad, right? It's totally yeah. mad. And and to do to do that and to be so, so successful there, to come to Spurs to get him a trophy. Spurs don't win a lot of trophies, you know. We are all very aware of that. Um, and to do so well with England, and uh, it's interesting on on Football Weekly, we've got a really interesting email about football about Euro '96, which was England weren't actually great in that tournament, right? We didn't play right. well against Switzerland. I was at the Scotland game, and we weren't great in that, and then we weren't great against Spain. But a bit like Ange, right? It's about vibes. It's about he made us he made us feel great. He made us love football. Yeah. And I was 17, 18 at the time. Like what? That's such a seminal tournament, you know. When you think about football fans and and the moments that really matter to you like the first sort of the first tournament where you can drink is such a big thing right <laughs> you know and so that was Euro 96 for me and he instilled in that team and 
course you've got to have luck in tournaments like that feeling that wow football is great this is great i love this and totally. i mean i don't know i don't know how much that influenced me to i mean i loved football anyway but you know those those things make you love the game and then probably push you into wanting to work in it and so um yeah i think i think he's he, he was he won Tottenham a trophy that doesn't happen often he was amazing for Tottenham and and also he played the kind of football that we want to watch right and that's right and to bring that to Ange and and you're right that's that's what we're getting now absolutely so moving you've you've done the segue for me I appreciate it moving on to Ange and your kind of unique viewpoint from Australia but also as a Spurs fan from Britain um, obviously over here I'm going to kind of I, I still think it's the same after these three defeats I mean certainly personally I don't have any issue whatsoever with the fact that we're still trying to go out on a front foot and losing games because of that like the Villa game but are there many more Australian Spurs fans now as a result of Ange is the press as big over there as it is over here for what Ange is doing and how do you feel about him personally yeah so interesting I mean I'd not heard of this guy when I moved to Australia and I do lots of little radio interviews, you know, to plug the Champions League coverage. And and um, and for the first year, all they wanted to talk to me was about was Celtic. I was like, I don't, you know, like <laughs> I've moved 10,000 miles to get away from talking about Scottish football. I, I'm only kidding. I, mean, I presume there are not many Rangers Celtic fans listening to this. Um, but like they just wanted to talk about Ange, right? He's a massive deal. And, and if you think about... Um, Obviously, they've got Sam Kerr in the women's game, right? She's an absolute superstar here. But there is a real void in men's football of, like, star socceroos compared to the sort of Kiel Viduka, Tim Cahill yeah. years. And he is he fills that void, right? He is the biggest name in Australian men's football. And to have an Australian coach, you know, managing one of the big six in the Premier League, there is a huge pride here, like a massive sense of pride that's really interesting about living here and sort of being a football fan in a country where football isn't the number one sport. It is so, you know, when you're in the UK, you just get all the nice shiny things if you're a football fan, right? You get all the yeah. best things, you get all the best shows, you get all the shows, so many shows, you get just so much stuff and you don't hear, right? And so they, they really care. There's almost they sort of care more because you're in that kind of it's us against the world that kind of mentality I think for, for football fans over here and look it's the biggest participation participation sport in this country and mm. and you know obviously history dictates like fo the sport you love is all dictated by family and all those things so AFL and, and rugby league here are, are much bigger of course um, but Ange is totally loved and and I think and I don't know if you agree I think there's a, I think there is a kind of maybe xenophobia is too strong a word but there's sort of culturally a feeling about anyone with a, an Australian accent or an American accent coming over here and talking about our game like it just doesn't yeah like there's there's a and and so if you look at certainly American coaches just like just terms that they use the way they discuss football you know they call a penalty kick a PK right and we all go well this is ridiculous you don't understand anything. yeah and yeah. and I think that exists so I think it's harder because of that but because Andrew's a normal bloke right and you know so many people I you know work with who go to press conferences a lot are just like wow it's just so unbelievable to hear a manager who just talks like a person you know <laughs> like like if he's yeah. asked a question yeah. he thinks about what the question is and he answers the question and there's just no side to him and 
and it's not an act this is Anne's, right this is this is him and and I, I, like i'm sure you've talked about it like ad nauseum but right after the agony of conte and Mourinho, it is just so nice just to have somebody who seems empathetic seems to care about the players you know and that's before you even talk about wanting his midfielders to pass the ball forwards right i mean like this yeah. is just sort of it's sort of mind-blowing so i'm with you i these defeats are annoying because ah oh, you think if romero doesn't do that we're battering mm. chelsea and then he's not he's available for those two games and actually tottenham could be won't have many points clear at the top uh but you know like tottenham should finish a between fourth and seventh like that's sort of where they should finish and so yeah why, and why, I, why not do it playing amazing football yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's so easy for people to forget. And, and I'm getting a sense of this actually from, particularly from pundits and co-commentators in the football media space. There's a sense it's like an opportunity for them to jump on the fact, you know, that classic thing of, oh, you can't just live off the vibes. You can't just be attacking the whole time. It doesn't work like that in the Premier League. You know, it's almost like that feeling of that people saying, oh, they Ange isn't understanding how difficult this league is. But actually... I think the fact that we came eight for last season does give Ange a free shot on that. And I think I agree with him in that the long-term culture of the club and getting the players to get away from that default setting of sitting back on their 18-yard line is really important. And I personally think, and... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, I haven't spoken to many Man United fans, but I've got a few family and friends who do. I think the fact that Eric Ten Hag stopped wanting to play his style of football kind of 100% when he lost those first few games of the season last season is the reason why Man United are kind of in between styles a little bit and I think it's vital that Ange keeps going with this yeah although he will. Al I mean he definitely will although Wolves you do think oh we've got a goal kick you could just take five minutes over it get a yellow card and hoy it up the field like, like you could yeah. do that but 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 generally I, I I totally agree I you know and it really helps that that you know they got the rub of the green in those first few you know if you think about like the Arsenal game Jesus has a massive chance and then it's 2-0 and it's yeah. totally different you think about Sheffield United where you know it wasn't great but we had you know the reverse of what happens in the Wolves game and it's funny when you analyse it you're like oh well we won that game but the Wolves game is different where actually they're the same the principle is exactly the same what we should probably have yeah. is no points against Sheffield United and three against Wolves um, and but but I no I, I, I do agree with you and I just it's just so 
it's so refreshing. I think it is true that the criticism of Ange at other clubs is, you know, there's plan A and there's plan A. And mm. and I guess, you know, there will, there are moments where it will be frustrating, but there are moments where it will be totally exhilarating. And, I you know, I don't go every week, right? So I don't, I don't have that set, and I never have, right? My love of Spurs is about is a TV love, uh, but for people who <laughs> go to who, the people who've had to go and endure, you know, Conte and Mourinho football, just must be so excited. I mean, that, when, that, when that team was announced on Sunday, I was just looking mm. at it, going, I don't, I don't know how that, I can't understand that team. <laughs> I'm looking at it, going, this is mad. What is this team, yeah. right? Um, and the other thing I was interested about him is is it's, you know, it looks like he can make players better, right? It looks like totally Emerson Royale is a better footballer, right? And, and I mean, it's something that Unai Emery does brilliantly and Eddie Howe as well. And it's weird that it's a thing that not all managers have, right? You know, how is that? How possibly can you get away with being an elite football manager but not improve your players? Like, that, sh- that should be, like, yeah. number one. And so the fact that he can do that and get buy-in from players who aren't playing every week, yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. And I suppose the question for people like us who are sort of complete, sort of have been brainwashed and are complete sort of <laughs> Ange lovers is, look, Spurs will probably lose to Man City. Then it's four in a row. Then you think, oh, mm. what is it? West Ham next. Then at what mm. point, you know, when when does the faith go? I mean, I yeah. still have faith. Mm. I, I I just think if we can just keep in touch until, but you know, Van der Ven is so key, right? Just someone who's fast with that, the way that he plays. And, you know, Madison is a different level of footballer. We can keep in touch then yeah i think it's really exciting yeah my instinct is that if we you know let's uh, let's say as you did that we might lose to manchester city although we do have a history of expect you know when we go to the etihad expecting to lose and then somehow yeah winning but um no hurricane so uh, let's not assume that but let's assume we might lose then and then you know I i personally think the way it would go if we lost six on the spin because we lost then to west ham and newcastle at home i think it would go on levy I think it would go on Levy first before Ange and they and the fans would go back on their anti Enoch stuff because they'd say, Well, you didn't get us the extra centre half and you didn't you didn't invest enough yeah. in the summer, etc. That that's where I think it would go first. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, you know, that's a you know, that's I mean, it's quite spurs to be pessimistic, isn't it? You never know. Go to the Etihad and play. And like they will play and, and like teams who've taken it to City have had some joy this year. Um <clears throat> Just need Romero. To well, be I mean, we'll either Romero, we'll either right? we'll either win or we'll lose five nil. I yeah. mean, or five one. I think that's how it'll be. You mentioned. I'm really glad you mentioned um, Ange being able to train the players and and coach them to become better players. I completely agree. I feel like that's something we really lost since Pochettino left. It's worth talking about Los Celso's performance. I think against Villa because I've always seen Los Celso as clearly a very. Um, very technically gifted player he can beat a man on the half turn he's got great vision Messi loves him in his team for Argentina and it just seems to me like you know he hasn't had the run of games as a result of managers not picking him or injuries and I did feel like Ange might be a great manager for him and if he could stay on the pitch over the next couple of months I really feel he could be a a vital player yeah I think so I mean the issue for him I guess is he's competing with Madison is he? I th- maybe. I mean, he's, not for not for a couple of months. Not that is true. Not for a couple of months. Um, but I agree. Like he's he's a lovely player. He's got lovely balance. He's got lovely poise. Left-footed players always look better. And and I, I you know I don't go oh shit he's in the team. I think oh this is what a lovely footballer he is. And I th- mm. you know and what you want all those cliches you want competition for places right. You want everyone to be pushing everybody. And you know he is. Uh, 
yeah, and again, another cliche, you don't get in the Argentina team unless you're quite good, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. You've got to be quite good mm-hmm. at football for that. Um, so I agree. You know, I really like him. I I, I, I love Benton Kerr. I, lo- I just, you know, yeah. he is a total joy of a football. Again, just, just a grace about him that is so nice to see. It was such a shame. You know, I, look, I don't think Matty Cash should be put in prison. It wasn't a great tackle, but, mm. you know, the, the, it, it wasn't a terrible tackle. Like people are saying, oh, it's worse than Romero's. Like, it isn't. Like, I, it, it no. isn't. No. And um, even if Romero punted the ball, he just, it was a tactical foul, right? And so it's just really unfortunate that, that Benzema got injured. Biolacazzi, not, it's not too bad. I mean, you might know better than I do. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think it's just his, his ankle. and a, Well, I, I read somewhere yesterday that it seems to be an impact injury and he sh- he sh- he's going to have a few days off but should be fit for City, but I don't fine, know. Fine, yeah. I think he's a great player. And, and I think if everyone's fit, it's really hard to know what your starting three is, you know. And, yeah. I, and actually with Andrew as well, what's interesting is, like, obviously there's a real kind of anti Hoiberg dire axis, you know, because they're sort mm. of, you know, staples of the old school. And, uh, you know, I've always sort of willed Eric Dyer to perhaps be slightly better than he is or slightly quicker than he is. And, Me too, and, yeah. And, and I think Hoiberg is, you know, is is limited. But I think you can see that he is actually playing better football under Ange than he ever had before. And, and you know, it's quite possible that both those guys will go in January, right? And you wouldn't blame them. Um, but but that is a sign, you know, that... that all these people are good, right? You know, you don't. If you're a, if you're a young kid and you're an, a, become an elite footballer, there was probably a time where you were playing possession football in a team as a kid. You know, it's very totally. unlikely you weren't yeah. as a, as a ten or a twelve year old going right. Let's park yeah. the bus and just you know kick it sideways. It's just not really how it works. And so him, you know, and being able to sort of get those players to slightly change how they play is also like a really positive thing. Completely. And I think it's about those kind of little one, two percents, really. I think the example from the Wolves game, uh, sorry, the uh, Villa game was where there was that excellent piece of play down the left hand side that Hoiberg was involved with and Udogi. And then Hoiberg takes a touch and then pass it through to Son and Son is offside. Whereas you look at it and you're like, oh, if Bentancur had still been on the pitch or if it had gone to Bentancur, it would have been a first time pass yeah. rather than him feeling the need to take that touch. And that that's 2%. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the difference, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, it's interesting. And, and I'm guilty of this all the time. So much of football is, is um, you know, it's sort of painting a narrative for something that sort of might fit. And you have absolutely no idea what anyone else would do in that position. And True. also, yeah. if Sun just times his run slightly better, then it's just a brilliant pass. And we all go, oh, look, Hoiberg's got the distribution in his locker. Um, True. Yes, and Aston Villa, like their their statistics for offside are insane, right? Like they've they've since Emery turned up, and I I find statistics generally quite boring, but like they've <laughs> they've caught opposition teams offside more than double anyone else, right? I think Liverpool yeah. are second, and so obviously you've got to have some luck, right? They had some luck because the times when we broke through, we missed the chance, and the times where we were offside, we scored the chance, and you just go, well, if that's the other mm. way around, a doggy scores, Kulisevsky scores, we're all going with sort of, you know, four up after yeah. five minutes, and this is great. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, I can't remember the question now. But yes. No, no, I it's all good. I think you. we were just talking about... I agree about, with you completely. Yeah, <laughs> little percentage points. So, look, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to end. I'm not going to ask to um, 
speculate on the Man City game. I'm going to kind of, I'm taking that as a bit of a no-lose gamble. But in terms of, you know, the way that Spurs recover from these these losses and the rest of the season, how do you foresee it kind of turning out? You mentioned earlier between kind of fourth and seventh. I guess I agree, basically. But, um, you know, do you think we will turn it around? Let's say, you know, we're, we're leaving the Man City game. Do you think those two games against West Ham and Newcastle will see a return to winning ways? Yeah, I think so. I think, I actually think, we could easily go to City and get something. Um, look, all the teams you play are good. Uh, Newcastle are really hit and miss at the moment. Like it is after a Champions League week, I think. So mm. that is, um, is it after a Champions League week or is it after? It's a certainly League Champions week? League this week. Yeah. Oh no, yes, it's it's, it's after next, West Ham. We've got West it? Ham Thursday, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's after Premier League midweek. Right. So, so, so that that's not. As, we sh- we should be less tired than them. We should be. And their squad is sort of totally ripped apart. But then the way they beat Chelsea, you think, oh, but they're different home in a way yeah. because that crowd is insane. Um, yeah. Generally, I feel incredibly positive. Uh, like with a with a bit of luck, Tottenham could be top now. With a bit less luck, they could be, you know, probably be about mm. six. I don't know. But um, yeah. I think they're definitely good enough for top four. And I think that would that would be a great achievement. It's really not easy to get in the top four. Loads of teams expect to sort of, you know, six seven eight teams now expect to or really hope to so to do that is an amazing achievement if, if injuries are so key right you can see that with madison and van der ven look they're not the only team with injuries so so and and january will be interesting recruitment wise but i do feel i just feel the vibes are great and you mm. know the longer i've worked in football or you know any job i want i just want good vibes in the place that i'm working and then you have a nice time and like the results, I don't really mind. Like I get over them quite quickly. I just love seeing Tottenham pass the ball. I mean, I'm such a sort of cliche, no, I agree, cliche yeah. Tottenham fan, but I, I would, I, I really think we could, and I think it'd be just such. It'd be so brilliant if we could manage to do that while playing lovely football. Completely agree, and I think if there's one thing that Jose, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, and Antonio Conte have given us, it's the love of this football. Yeah. Whether we're whether we're top of the league as we were in the first ten games, or uh, losing three in a row as we are at the moment. Max, thank you so much for coming on. Tell Any people time. where they can find you if if indeed they don't, but plug whatever you want. Sure. Um, well, yes. If you if you want to consume stuff that I do, Guardian Football Weekly three times a week, uh, Talk Sports Saturday Sunday mornings. And if you're in Australia, watch the Champions League on Stan. Or if you're in the UK, just get a dodgy you know, fire stick and watch our coverage. It's, it is slightly better. Yeah, no comment on the dodgy fire stick, but thank you so much for coming on Cheers. and thank you for listening and watching at home, guys. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, please do come across to whatever podcast platform is your favorite, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a subscribe or a follow. It really helps and vice versa. If you're listening on the podcast, please do come to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash at Barnaby Slater underscore for the Spurred On podcast. And most importantly, come on you Spurs. <laughs>